Error, error, two heels in a face. Welcome to Project M-O-N-I-X. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels in a Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, I am not alone. Yes, I know our viewership, our viewership, uh, listenership plummeted when it was just the the two <laughs> solo, the two solo episodes. Um, but no, Chris is back. He had a baby in his arms earlier. Chris, congrats on being a father of three, and welcome back to your podcast, uh, Two Heels in a Face. <laughs> well, thank you. It feels good to be back. Uh, you know, once you're like, Chris, are you in this week? I'm like, yeah, I don't see why not. 9 p.m. recording late night shouldn't be a problem. Well, mm-hmm. reality hit, and it's like, yeah, you have a one-year-old and a newborn, and their sleeping schedules are off. And you know, that's why I'm like, I think I'm just gonna record with the baby in my arms. Um, that's almost but, what happened. <laughs> that's almost what happened. So <laughs> uh things got sorted out and you know everything's good, and I'm able to sit here and talk to you guys. Glad to be back. Gonna open up a Corona and a Modelo because I'm running out of beer. I drink too much at nights now just to stay awake or go to sleep. I don't know. Um, <laughs> to stay awake I enjoy or go it. to sleep. There's many <laughs> purposes. Just, absolutely uh and you know i am excited for today's episode I, i'm not you know i'm not i don't have a, a a great intro but you know you you think about you know all these projects that we got going on uh, i told you charlie i hadn't talked to you in a while just because i have my head all over the place but today we're with a special project a project that continues on and you know we all know as hashtag face today pat monix What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> Pat, I didn't, I honestly, I'm, it's surreal. I didn't think, uh, I mean, I figured we would bump into each other eventually, but I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about wrestling kind of after what happened. But yeah, it's a great segue, Chris. You haven't lost it. Uh, but Pat, it's great to see you, man. How you been? I've been good, guys. Um, yeah, it's been a long time uh, away from wrestling. Uh, but yeah, Came back to wrestling very recently, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Just as wrestling is somewhat making its comeback, you're like, wait, don't forget about me. I'm here. <laughs> was that? It was like last week, right? I mean, it's it, my life's kind of fast right now, and um, I think it was either this Saturday or the one before that. Uh, yeah, I think th- it was two Saturdays ago, as of now, yeah. I believe. The, okay. the, the 19th, Freelance Underground. Yeah, so ten days from today. I'm I'm literally I'm not trying to be cool. I just for, today's been a <laughs> I've been all over the place today. So trying to remember like what is <laughs> today's Tuesday. So yeah, today's Tuesday. So yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I forgot what day it is a couple times today, but yeah, I, it's it, it, it's an explosion of wrestling coming back now. I feel like, and this is not a humble brag, but like we're getting tagged in a ton of flyers, and I can't keep up and like. People are like, buy your tickets like four months in advance. I'm just like, like freelance part brew sold out. And like, there's a, you're, you're wrestling in October. There's a show, the JLMT, AAW's Jim Lynham tournament is in October. And they're like, tickets are going on sale this Friday. I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, uh, where do I buy all these tickets? Like, can I even go? Is there a wedding that day? Cause I have 700 weddings this summer, but it's just like, it all kind of swept in and then, but not to be you know, uh, I don't know what's the word, like not to be forgotten is Pat Monix coming in and interrupting Kylie's, uh, she didn't even get to cut a promo. You just kind of came in there out of nowhere. 
Yeah, man, you know, she's gotten more comebacks than me. So, like, I, <laughs> but, um, no, you know, uh, it was so cool getting to come out in a moment like that when people were very excited already to see her because, you know, place sold out. Uh, they weren't yeah. expecting to see Kylie Ray. Um, so I think that caught them very off guard. They were excited. Um, you know, she's their favorite, hands down. Uh, you can't really argue that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so getting to have her come out, surprise them, have a killer match with one of her students and kind of like a teacher student style match, with which I love those matches. Those are always just, it's just simple. You know, you know, the wrestlers want to do it. Uh, you know, the crowd's interested to see it. They generally turn out being good. And, you know, that last Saturday was no exception to that. Um, so getting to have the moment where she's right about to talk after it, after they haven't heard from her for a while and then have mm-hmm. my music hit kind of stacked it with a double surprise. So that's where we are currently, right? Like this freelance show just happened, interrupted Kyler Ray before we get to that point and, and expand more on that. Cause mm-hmm. I think there we're going to have, you know, bunch of time until the, until the match for us to really know this whole story. But can we take it back for those who have not heard about Petmonix, right? The project, final phase, phase today. Like, who's that character and why were you absent for so long? How are you feeling mentally, physically? Can we get a quick update? Um, yeah, I mean, for those of you who do not know me or have never heard of me, uh, you know, I wrestled, I started as Pat Monix. I had my my first match in 2000, the summer of 2014 against Prince Iakea down in Florida. Um, and then that began my journey. Uh, I worked mm-hmm. my way up the, from the Florida flea markets to uh, the small, small time uh, Chicago shows. Uh, once I moved here and got retrained. So the Logan Square Arena. Yeah, I started out in Florida, um, moved back home to Chicago, uh, got retrained, uh, started from the ground here, worked my way up this scene. Um, as Pat Monix, uh, eventually kind of developed my character into Project Monix. Um, the, the, the thought behind that was the personification of a project. Um, maybe like if a wrestler was built in a lab, uh, that would be me because I eat, sleep, and breathe professional wrestling mm-hmm. in my entire life for seven years. Um, I was wrestling over 100 matches per year, uh, just really grinding putting in the miles, getting everywhere I could go, trying to make a name for myself, trying to get better. Um, I was not good at first at all. I like to think I'm okay now. Um, and it got to the point where that all added up and in more ways than one, you know, physically, yeah. mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best I can compare it to is if you're driving your car and the engine light comes on, uh, you know, you got to go get some work done. And I was driving my car and the engine light went on and then I kept wrestling every day for another three years. <laughs> yeah. So I knew I was hurt and I kept wrestling hurt and wrestling hurt turned into wrestling injured and wrestling injured just continued because I was getting better opportunities. I was getting on better shows. I was getting more high profile matches. Um, so I kind of put myself into a little bit of denial and delusion that I was okay. okay. And yeah, just got, I came into wrestling with some concussions already. So you start to throw that into the mix. Um, the car was totaled and I was just pushing it down the road to the next Indian. <laughs> and uh, 
going out there and trying to steal the show while being fucking broken. So yeah. finally enough was enough. I had a show in Joliet uh, in 2020. I think it was February of 2020. I was wrestling my trainer, Bryce Benjamin, Jesus Bryce. Mm-hmm. So it's a match you should have been really excited about. Um, and I just mentally was not there. I just wasn't in the building. I was going through the motions. I remember just knowing I shouldn't be out there. Um, the next day I was supposed to wrestle for an hour in Indianapolis. That was the, the plan for the spoiler um, down at Bizarro Lucha. And I remember the way I felt, I felt like I was one bump away from breaking my neck or something really bad happening or just post-concussion post-concussion syndrome is a really hard thing to explain, but when you're going through it, yeah, you can't really explain what it's like. It's just very confusing. Um, so I was going through that combined with a lot of things in my personal life. And I remember leaving that show in Joliet that Saturday night, knowing I was supposed to be in Indianapolis the next day. And I just had to, the only way to get out was to just post to all my social medias that I was done. And I messaged uh-huh. the promoter for Indianapolis. Um, sorry, I can't make the show. And, you know, he just sent straight up love back to me and because it was supposed to be a big spot. So I was, I was so wrapped up into that bubble that I thought this was so important and my well being didn't matter. Um, and when I put that all out there onto Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it was just not pouring of love and support. And right. I was so thankful that I did, you know? Um, so that's how we got to there. Um, funny thing, not, not funny, but ironic thing i stepped away from wrestling and about three or four weeks later professional wrestling shut down so ironic yes and i really didn't miss anything anyways (laughs) (laughs) what so what so so take me through the i want to unpack that a little bit to use a stupid corporate jargony business term that i hear on on zoom calls every day um what like it it's it, it just started with it start with just like a bum ankle and then like a hurt back or like what is that like what are those dents in the car that's happening and then like is there concussions kind of like along the way too like how many do you think you like that was that just like every couple months do you think you had one and these are like i'm assuming like you're you're pretty sure you got it but these are self-diagnosed right or were you going to or were you like getting any diagnosis for these as they were going on yeah, that's that's the confusing part about it is, um, you know, like we don't know that much about concussions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's a newer thing. Um, so, short answer: I don't know how many I've had. Yeah, I know I've had more than a human should have. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, as far as the injuries go, um, you guys got an hour. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just like it was just like all parts of the body, right? And they just kept stacking, and you weren't healing. Yeah, yeah. I'll spare you guys on that one, because um, you know, as, as a wrestler, um, just out of respect to all the other wrestlers, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of these guys and girls are working hurt and or injured. Um, yeah, and that's why you see these forty, fifty, sixty-year-old former wrestlers walking and looking the way they look and walk. Right. It's just it's cliche but it's not ballet and you know from when i started training i was getting banged up you know okay Uh, sometimes i gotta remind myself that like non-wrestlers just like 
regular everyday people are injured too. So yeah. like I'll be at the gym and I'll be chatting with some 44 year old dad and um, he'll tell me about how he's, he has his bum shoulder and his whatever is hurt. And maybe he had the hip replacement or whatever the, the everyone's got their story. Right. Right. So once I started to realize that like, just as humans, we're all aging and getting hurt and not feeling how we felt when we were 17. Um, I kind of try to stay away from my sob story with my injuries. Um, Cause a lot of those things are just like, that's yeah. kind of what happens, you know, most, most men over 30 have a bad back. <laughs> um, yeah. Me. So I've, been doing, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of things to like, you know, preventative and, and starting to do physical therapy. Um, yeah. Uh, yoga. I, I got into yoga a little while back and, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this time away from it has made the body feel a lot better. It certainly doesn't feel a hundred percent very far from that, but, um, what I really would get into with it, um, on the concussion side of things is the, the best thing to do for that is just time and not bumping on your head. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a neuro neuropsychologist, um, okay. you know, I saw some concussion specialists, but they mm-hmm. kind of just gave me the runaround. Um, it's kind of like your high school football player walks into the concussion, the local concussion specialist, and he'll say, uh, yeah, don't play this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a week. And, um, so when I saw a neuropsychologist, I did a lot of testing and, um, that was very, a very positive experience. I, um, now understand that after, um, a year and some change away from it, um, I'm functioning at a full level, you know, okay. like my memory and everything like that is good. One thing that he said really stuck with me, um, he compared it. You guys ever seen that scene in Ricky Bobby where Ricky Bobby thinks he can't walk? He's in a uh, wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Talladega Nights, the, when he's the NASCAR driver, uh, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't walk. And he's just he's self-diagnosed himself. You said the word self-diagnosed. Yeah. A lot of wrestlers self-diagnose themselves with concussions or, or um, CTE or um, their injuries. You know, people are just like, oh, this is, this is fucked. I'm fucked. Um, and once you have decided that in your, your brain, it's a lot more real than it probably is. Um, now okay. these are real, right? I'm not yeah. saying injuries aren't real cause they're, they're real. And, uh, my concussions are real. Right. But he gave me an example of the Ricky Bobby. He's sitting in the wheelchair. He thinks he can't walk. Someone takes a knife and they stab him in the leg. He goes, Oh, <laughs> he stands, and he stands up. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've kind of been pushing myself in the deep end a little bit with like life. Um, just trying to challenge myself and okay. I've been responding better. Um, yeah. One example would be when I started rolling around in the ring a little, uh, things started feeling better. They started waking up, um, with concussions, with memory. I, I started thinking, Oh, I can't remember anything. I'm fucked. You know, like I just thought like, is this, am I just going to live in this post concussion syndrome blur forever? Mm-hmm. Um, time went by, I talked to this guy and he kind of explained when someone has had concussions, they start writing themselves off mentally. Um, so mm. if something's on the tip of my tongue, like if, if I'm trying to remember something like what I ate for breakfast and Chris goes, yo, Pat, what would you eat for breakfast today? And I'm like, uh, um, ah, shit, CTE, man. <laughs> right. Whereas someone who hasn't had concussions, is going to go, 
Ah, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, and they'll think for an extra 10 seconds. They won't give up. Right. Ah, gotcha. Ah, I had frosted flakes. Mm-hmm. So he, he challenged me. He was just kind of like, hey, just start thinking a little harder. I know that sounds simple, but like with everyday stuff, like at work, you know, if you get stuck on something, just give yourself a little more time. Because I think you're self-diagnosing yourself. Hmm. And um, that was like mind-blowing. And then once I took his tests um, and I passed them all very well, he, uh, he essentially told me like, hey, man, as far as the concussion side of things go, they're real. You've had probably too many concussions, but you're functioning pretty good. Um, okay. your, your scores, they're all where we would want them to be if I didn't know that you had concussions. However, continuing to do what you do, professional yeah. wrestling, it's kind of a guarantee that if you choose to do this, you're going to get hit in the head again. Um, so that's your risk to decide on if you want to wrestle one more match, if you want to wrestle 10 more matches, if you want to seal the deal and wrestle 500 and just know you're going to be fucked. Um, but the, the, the closest thing I can compare it to is that Daniel Bryan run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He saw a bunch of different doctors, got a bunch of different opinions, and he decided for him the risk was worth it, and he's choosing to wrestle. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's, it's your life, and it's your decision. And um, yeah. My decision is to have one more match, and that's that's it, you know. What I find, you know, aside of you deciding to, you know, after all these evaluations, tests and, you know, self-recovery time and all that stuff, deciding to get back into the ring. What I find more interesting is you making that decision of saying, you know what, this is when I have to stop because you were at your hottest. I think, I mean, we were seeing you not just wrestle in the Chicagoland area every week, couple times a weekend, but you were all over the place. And, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, gear, the get up, like you were getting that attention from a lot of people, like, mm-hmm. and for you to say, like, you know what, this is where I have to stop. This is where I draw the line. I think it like, how do you come to, to, to do that when you've been working, you know, seven years to get all these, you know, opportunities? I think that's what I find very um, admirable to yeah. for you to be like, let me take care of myself for first because if i do this that and en- check engine light you know at this point i'm pushing the car <laughs> yeah it was it was impossible you know that to, to pull the because tr- i i knew i should have done that for myself way earlier than i did um and it kind of got scary because i was like am i just gonna keep going forever knowing how awful i feel every day mm-hmm. um yeah. knowing what this could do to me long term and and i kind of was you know like um not to get too into like where I was at in wrestling, but I was starting to get some big opportunities. I was starting to get some tryouts. Um, Mm -hmm. I had some important people in my corner um, who were vouching for me to important people in this small little bubble of professional wrestling. But it felt very big because I was trapped in that bubble and it felt like walking away would be the dumbest thing ever when really it was the smartest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt very trapped and, um, I just had a moment of, I think moment of weakness is the wrong term. It'd actually be more of a moment of clarity where I was leaving that show in Joliet where I wrestled my trainer and didn't feel anything and knew I shouldn't be out there where um, I just wanted to fucking cry. You know, I was like, yeah, 
I snuck out of the show early. I got in my car. I just wanted to cry knowing like what I was going to have to keep doing and what I was going to do the next day. And I just had a panic attack and I just kind of pulled my car over and I went on my iPhone and drafted how I felt in that moment to my Facebook, copy and pasted it, I think to Twitter um, and Instagram. And within like 30 seconds, just pure love, you know, so much love, so many messages, so many text messages, so many comments. Um, and I knew that was in that moment. I knew it was the, I did the right thing. Yeah. And that felt good. Definitely the next day it felt scary. It was like, holy shit, <laughs> what's next? Yeah. Do I go get a job? <laughs> Do I see doctors? Like I, you know, there was so many things. Um, like I, I went to the ER that week, you know, cause I, I, I waited like a day or two. And then like one day was really bad. Um, my, my head was just spinning and felt like I was, Whoa. I felt like I was in a, uh, I felt like I was in a fish tank or fishbowl. My head felt like it was in a fishbowl. And, um, yeah, um, I didn't know if I like had fractured my skull. I, I, I thought, I, I thought maybe I had bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. so I just freaked out. I went to this doctor. They're like, we don't do that. Go to the ER. So I drove to the ER, fat hospital bill, like really bad. <laughs> like yeah. honestly, in hindsight, if I knew how much the bill was, I wouldn't have walked in there. <laughs> they kind of like, yeah, they kind of deceived me a little bit. Yeah, but they had no choice. But when someone tells, when I answered the questions that that front desk person asked me, mm-hmm. they were like, "Get him in a wheelchair and rush him to the back." Right. You know, it was like that level of urgency. Um, I just I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't really remember driving here. You know, this was days after the thing. Yeah. So I was just very confused. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of losing where we started, but just what you were saying about being at the highest point I'd ever been at. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was why I felt trapped. Yeah. Just to kind of close the loop on that. I was just talking about how I find it, um, super important, you know, that you took that decision over everything that you had going on and you still had that, like you said, that moment of clarity versus moment of weakness. I think we all as, as fans, as friends, as people who cared about, not just Project Monix, but Patrick, like you making that decision, like it was shocking, but it's like, look, whatever is good for him. Yeah. You know, as long as you're healthy and you're, you know, you're going to be all right. We're going to be here if you ever decide to come back. And here we are. Yeah. And I, I think, and thanks for, you know, both of you always understanding that you were two of the people who reached out to me very quickly. And I will always remember that. Um, I remember all the people who did. Um, and, the thing I think it's wrestling is an interesting dynamic because with a lot of jobs, um, you know, you didn't necessarily always dream of it. Um, so with wrestlers, we get that held against us a lot. Um, cause 10 year old, you dreamed of being a pro wrestler and everyone who's in wrestling knows that. So now everyone kind of holds that power over you in the sense that, Oh, well, this is your dream. You should just want to do it and you should want to do it for free and you should want to do every show and you should take whatever you're given. And, um, we kind of become, um, at the the disposal of others because of that. Um, there's kind of this weird, um, I don't even know how to describe that dynamic, but one person who, uh, said something to me one time that like really broke through about that, uh, was Jimmy Jacobs. He, we were driving to a show 
and he, he, he was talking about his own life and, and wrestling. And I think he'd be fine with me explaining this quote. He, he just said something about how, like a lot of his wrestling career, um, he was doing things for 10 year old him, you know, like, well, 10 year old me wanted this, like, I gotta do this for, for me, you know, for, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. And so, but at a certain point, it's like, yo, fuck 10 year old Pat, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Here's 27 year old Pat, like dying (laughs) 10 year old Pat should understand that. Like no more wrestling shows. We're done. Um, We did enough for, we did enough for 10 year old Pat, you know? And um, Jimmy explaining that to me once really sat, really stuck with me. Um, You know, and he has his own story with however his journey has gone. And that's not for me to tell, Mm -hmm. but uh, that quote was just so awesome to me. You know, (laughs) Um, a lot of wrestlers are doing it for 10 year old them. Yeah. No, uh, Admiral is the perfect word, I think, that Chris used. And you were even thinking of 57-year-old Pat, I think, in that sense, too. You were thinking of, uh, you know, present-day Pat, but also old Pat, um, yeah. you know, thinking of, like, the long-term effects. It, it, it's it's interesting hearing all this because, yeah, as fans, as fans, we see you maybe before the show, after the show, and we see you walk through the curtain, go out there for 10 to 30 minutes, and then go back. But and like before, after and during your match, you're all good. So we don't know that like your head is foggy or your back is hurt. Like we don't see any of that. Um, And I think we can maybe this is a good conversation to have because we can we can kind of see how the real wear and tear that happens. Do you think that a lot of do you think that this is happening like a lot right now? And that there are still a lot of wrestlers out there that are kind of just pushing through. Like, obviously, we don't want any, and like any names or anything like that. But do you think that like a lot of people are kind of burnt out in a certain way? Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a lot there um, with you know. I, I look at there's there's a there's a tier of wrestlers who I would have seen myself in in this tier of, of people who wrestle a lot. Um, mm-hmm. the people that are traveling all over, um, and maybe to give you like a few examples would be like someone like a, like a, like a Myron Reed or like, um, an AJ Gray, like these guys that you see on a lot of shows. Um, you know, I have no idea where they're at with their health, but, um, when you're wrestling that much, there's no way there aren't injuries on your body. Um, yeah. your ankle or your thumb or your sternum or your fucking skull. Um, so like, when you're wrestling as much as some of these guys are wrestling, these like 100 match, 100 plus match a year guys, there's no way they're just healthy. Um, there's no way they're just feeling great. Um, so that's kind of just part of the, the trade, part of the gig um, is you're going to have injuries. Um, I do think with the style of wrestling that the indies have gone in, there's a lot of head bumps and there's a lot of um, – just more dangerous moves. Cause it's a lot more stunt based. It's a lot more, um, gif based, like do a really cool move. Um, yeah. higher degree of difficulty moves get over. So people are trying really challenging physical movements. Um, yeah. so I, and, and there's more apron bumps than ever. There's mm-hmm. more floor bumps than ever. Um, so I just think the style is trending in the direction that, for the guys who are wrestling a lot and they're trying to have, for lack of a better term, bangers. Um, yeah. 
that statistically is just going to lead to more of what you're kind of seeing. Um, I've also heard people say the complete fucking opposite. And people have said that like the style that Ric Flair and those guys are wrestling back in the day was more brutal on your body. Um, you know, devil's advocate for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling a lot, probably way more than we are. Cause there was just more shows. Pretty sure some of those guys were doing like six shows a week, you know, every, every week. Right. And like you said, you know, a regular average Joe like me who sits on the computer for hours at a time, that's enough to, you know, mess up my back. And, you know, you guys wrestling two or three times a weekend, uh, even more sometimes. Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know if that's physics. That's just the the rule. The What is it? The lay of the land? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you know, injuries bound to happen and how you treat those. And and I know it's difficult, right? Like, because as an independent wrestler, you try to be everywhere at all times. And and those are the hard decisions. But thinking of longevity, what's that word? Longevity. Longevity. There you go. Um, like when you think about that and the the lifespan of your career of your body, like making those smart decisions, I think that's that's what you know. That's where people kind of struggle drawing the line. And and when I think again, going back to your case, I think you did the right thing. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just yeah, you nailed it. You know, I mean, when you're wrestling a lot too, the body is just. The human body and the human mind are just so crazy and just incredible. Um, when you're wrestling all the time, your body actually does get kind of used to it. Um, once you stop, that's when all of a sudden you feel everything. So it's kind of weird. Like, um, like I knew I was hurt, and it hurt, hurt, but it hurt way more when I stopped wrestling and stopped moving. Um, yeah, it's almost like um, survival mode, right? Like, it's just weird. It's just this weird thing, and then. Um, yeah the uh yeah there's just like i don't know if it's an adrenaline factor to it i don't know if it's- yeah it's almost, it almost sounds like a drug like on oh, my back's hurting i gotta go out there and take more bumps <laughs> and then it, and then it just feels normal again yeah, that's, that's crazy kind of, that's kind of the thing that's in i don't there's it would be nice if someone really like really smart decided to study all this because <laughs> you look at these guys you ever noticed how like some like real famous pro wrestlers from like WCW and W and WWF days. Um, once they stopped wrestling within like that first year of them being out of the business, it looked like they aged like 15 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Real quick. Like all of a sudden they were gray and like, just like hobbly. Mm-hmm. But, but you saw them like maybe two years prior to that, like having an awesome match where they looked really good. It's kind of weird. Yeah. No, I think there's something to be said about balance for all things. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it, a lesson to take away, if there is a, a wrestler out there listening to this, is that, yeah, if your body's telling you certain things, try and listen to it for sure. Um, did you, did you, I, I only ask because I'm not, I'm not asking this to make you look like a mama's boy. I only ask this because I remember meeting your mom and she's a lovely lady what did like when this happened? And I know, and when, by the way, if you're just listening to this now and you don't know the story of Pat Monix, like we, these episodes are on SoundCloud um, or like if you scroll down far enough on maybe Apple podcast, I'm sure they will be on there. So like, you can go listen to like Pat talking to us like three, four years ago, um, three years ago, three the years ago. Episode is welcome to project M O N I X. 
yeah, yes. sort of developing the whole um because <laughs> I was I was stuck. I was wrestling as just a guy. I was Pat Monix. Um first name, last name, came out in trunks, Pat Matt. Phone number in the trunks. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, a little bit for a uh, thing too. But, you know, just throwing shit at the wall, seeing what would stick. Um Yeah. The uh so I tried I tried some stuff and I was just kinda just kinda nothing I was like nothing I really believed in, you know, nothing that really felt like me and right. Everyone says, find out who you are and turn the volume up on that. And, and mine was kind of tricky because I was like, well, all I do is wrestle. Um, <laughs> so how do you turn that into a character? And my version, of, my way of doing that was creating Project Monix, um, wrestling machine, you know? Right. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where you were. It's, um, and then, so we talked about your mom on that and like how she, did, you first introduced wrestling to her and you're like, dude, I'm, and you're like, mom, I'm doing this. And like, so now like coming back, have you... Have you talked to her and your family kind of about this decision and like, what was that kind of, what was that kind of like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy um, to, to quickly kind of catch them up. Like, yeah, my, when I was a kid, my parents, they didn't really they didn't care about wrestling at all. And um, I loved it. You know, I'd watch on TV, um, bought all the toys, bought all the video games, played it, played SmackDown versus Raw 2006, like a thousand, hundred thousand hours. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so I was, I was that wrestling junkie who like wasn't really getting help with my uh, fix. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they didn't want to take me to shows. They didn't want me to be involved in that, uh, all that. And um, so I had some friends whose parents were more um, uh, receptive of pro wrestling. So I got to go to like raw a couple times with uh, one of my buddies. And um, so, yeah, they were, they really weren't big on wrestling when I was 18. Uh, I, lived in, I grew up in West Dundee, uh, Illinois. That's Chicago. Mm. They moved, they were moving to Florida and I remember being stoked because I knew there were tons of wrestling schools in Florida. So I was like, all right, like, yeah, guys, you should move to Florida. And I was like, I was already, the second they got there, I was like, okay, <laughs> for the summer. Um, so I visited them for the summer and joined wrestling school behind their back. Uh, I showed up, drove an hour to Tampa. They live in Sarasota. Uh, met this guy, Frankie Reyes. He had a wrestling school, handed him my down payment in cash. So like he took it and it was paid. So then I came home and I was like, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to wrestling practice. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to wrestling? I'm like, oh yeah, join wrestling school. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, I already paid the guy. And then they're like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you so, little uh, rebel. Yeah. Yeah. I told them I was doing something else and joined wrestling school. Um, my mom cried. Uh, she was mm-hmm. not happy. Uh, she just didn't, want you know like parents people who aren't wrestling fans they hear about you know the story of stone cold breaking his neck they hear about sure. falling from the scaffold obviously that has nothing to do with a match but they just hear about all these deaths injuries broken necks concussions here we are um <laughs> but <laughs> mama knows best <laughs> parent i don't think any like, you know, I don't think any parent who doesn't really understand what this is would, would necessarily want their kid to get involved in it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where they were at with pro wrestling. Once they realized what I was doing was something I was passionate about when I was giving 110 uh, percent, like any parent, they were proud. So. Yeah. And where, so where are they like, where are they now? Like, have you talked to your mom? Obviously, you talked to your mom since then. But like, what was that conversation like? Of like, hey, I'm stopping this, and here's the reason. Or are they finding out that you're coming back after they listen to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot on both ends of that. Like, you know, um, they're supportive of 
me stopping, of course. Um, yeah. They're like, probably thought I should have done that. I didn't, I didn't let on to really anyone how bad I was doing. Um, mm. Very few people. I, I was lying to myself. So yeah, honestly, I don't think anyone knew, like even the people I was like, like my confidants, um, like, you know, like the DJZs and um, I Candy mm-hmm. Elliot. I don't think I talked to them about like really how bad I was doing. Um, I think they had an idea, but like, you know, they were going through their shit too, just like everyone. So right. what was me? Right. You know, so I didn't really talk to my parents much about it, but when I, when I did step away and next time I saw them and went down and saw them and um, you know, they had my, my back as always. And um, I don't really know what's going through their mind right now to know that I'm doing another match. Um, they certainly, I've talked with both of them, but yeah, that just kind of, it's kind of is what it is. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned a lot about maybe, like, I know people who maybe, it sounds like you, maybe you were suffering in silence a little bit throughout this and correct me if I'm wrong at any point, but it sounds like you learned a lot about like self-reflection and just like, yeah, asking for help or asking for support in certain ways when you need it or just being like, or just being okay with saying no in a way of like, Hey man, I, I just can't do this. Like I'm not, it's, I don't have it right now. Would you, that's a, would you say that's true? You've kind of have suffered in silence and kind of learned to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 100%. It was huge learning experience. Um, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty all or nothing person in general, um, a little bit of an extremist. So that can be, uh, that can come to bite me in the ass a lot of times in my life. Uh, but with, with wrestling, just like, you know, any wrestlers out there, they're going to make their own decisions and everyone's, everyone's story is complex. Everyone's got lots of layers to it. Everyone's got reasons why they can or can't make that decision um, to either step away or to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably so many wrestlers right now who should step away, um, whether that's for three months or a year or forever. Um, we don't have an off season and that's fucked. You know, every other sport has an off season and yeah. sure there's, there's some guys like, okay, we can look at basketball. I'm a big basketball fan. Um, you got people like, um, who'd be a good example I don't think like Damian Lillard takes too much time off in the off season. I think he's back in the gym pretty quick working hard. Sure. Um, so like you got those guys who have that Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality that are just like, go, go, go. But you have the option to go to Barbados for two months <laughs> and just not touch a basketball. Right. Uh, we don't really have that option. And if you just kind of step away, you get worried that you'll lose your spot. Yeah. No, oh, that's a fantastic point. I've heard that before too. It's a, uh, it's glad you're reiterating it though, but I've heard like, I think when I heard it, it was referencing WWE. It was like, they don't have an off season. So that's why they kind of, and they kind of rotate people, right? Some people will be off TV for a while and like, you'll see Charlotte Flair on like an Island cause she deserves it. Cause she won the belt like 7 million times in two years. But the, but on the Indies, there's, you, you can't do that. Right. You can't just be like, yeah, sure. Especially if you're involved in a storyline, especially if you have a title. I mean, you had a t- you had met, met a couple titles. Um, you got to defend that shit. Otherwise, you have marks like me that are just like, why isn't the title being defended? <laughs> so that's kind of my fault. 
know what's nuts about like so one thing that's crazy is um when i knew probably like two and a half maybe three years before i stepped away is when things started to get pretty rough on my body where i, I knew i probably needed to take some time off um but i also just didn't know when or where that was going to come and i just didn't want just too much momentum going and everything every every month things were getting a little bit better um yeah where I was on the car, what shows I was getting booked on, who I was wrestling. So it just kept, it was just this big cycle, just snake eating its own tail. But, and as I was getting further, the injuries were getting worse. Um, but I just couldn't hop off the train. Now with knowing that, um, I'd say like a while before I stepped away, I, I would joke to some people, but it was real. I was like, fingers crossed just hoping during these matches that I'd like break my wrist or like dislocate my ankle, you know, yeah. like break a file injury during a match. So then you can walk away a little bit. Yeah. Like something that wouldn't like ruin my wrestling career, but something that like, I like if I would have broke my arm, I would have had to have a cast on, and I wouldn't have been able to have matches for four months. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, something like that. Like not like a torn ACL, like that's going to like be like a really brutal recovery, but I just like was hoping for like a small broken bone. And that's crazy to say, but that's, that's where I was at. And um, I would joke to people about that. Like dude, I'm just waiting to like break my wrist out there so I can take a little breather. Um, and it just never would happen. All my injuries were things that when they would happen, I could look myself in the mirror and say, you can do one more match. And as long as I was yeah. well enough to do like one match, it kept being, we'll keep going, we'll keep going, we'll keep going, we'll keep going. Damn. Broke my nose at an Evolve tryout. And uh, pretty sure I caught a concussion on that same thing. Like when it happened, like it was a fucking hard hit. Um, made the match fucking awesome because I was bleeding. Um, and we got <laughs> really good feedback from some important people. But yeah, I remember being like, Oh, great. Like there, there's another one that I can wrestle through, you know, cause it's oh, like, man. You know, it was a little crooked and still kind of is, but you, <laughs> you can wrestle the next day with a broken nose. I feel like, Oh man, like this is all that is as it's crazy, man. And like, I just feel, I feel bad because like no one, if yeah, no one kind of knew, I guess what you were going through. And that's okay. And that's okay. I wish I could have like, I wish I could have helped you in this, in this situation, you know, like I wish, it, but no one, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just like. The only know. time I ever stopped was there was, there was two different times. That's how, how little this happened. I specifically remember them. One, I was living with I candy Ellie at the time and I fucked my shit up bad. Like I could not even like move my head. Like it was just, everything was in shock. Um, and I had to call off like a, a booking or two that weekend. I don't remember if it was like, they were all like, there were just some shows and I called off and I remember him being like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe you called off. Like, cause he knew how I was. Yeah. You know, like, how I was like, but he saw me, like, I couldn't get out of bed. I, like, I was like, can you bring a Gatorade to my room? Cause I couldn't get up or move my thing. Um, found a chiropractor. He twerked it up. And then like, you know, things started to get a little better that week, but it was like, bad bad and, and most wrestlers i'm sure have gone through that moment where like things have like maybe seized for a day and then they maybe had to get adjusted and then they're like okay 
but it was like, I could not have wrestled that weekend. So I took that weekend off. And then years later, like, uh, there was like, I don't even remember what else was going on, but there was supposed to be like the, the month I can think of, there was supposed to be a freelance underground match where it was a triple threat between me, Isaiah Velasquez, and Eric Ryan. If anyone ever finds that match graphic, it was a match that was supposed to happen. Um, that month, um, I was just coming back from like a Southeast tour. Like I went down and did a bunch of shows in like Florida, Georgia, um, North Carolina. Um, I just did like a bunch of stuff down there and like trained with Matt Seidel and like did, was trying to just like, you know, branch out and whatever. So I was down there for like, a yeah. month. did a bunch of AR Foxes shows. Um, when I was down there, I fractured my sternum and that's why when I came back to Chicago, I took like, I think it was like three weeks off and okay. luckily like the way my schedule was lined up, I was just coming back from down there. So I didn't have that many bookings lined up. Um, so I only missed like five shows. It was like going to be the lightest part of my year. So it lined mm-hmm. up well, but yeah, between like seven years, yeah, really like a couple weekends, that's it. And one was cause my neck, I couldn't turn my head. And the other was because I had a fractured sternum. So that's a, I'm not trying to be like fucking badass out here. Like, oh, look how fucking cool I am. This is just an example right. of what a lot of these people are doing. Right. Um, no. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being like vulnerable with us and sharing with us. I don't think you're, I'm trying to be a badass or you're like, woe is me. It's not that you're, you're telling us what happened. You're Dude, just telling gonna- us what happened. I would love for there to be a forum where like, you know, people could just um, freely, no judgment. Like, God, if, if I could get like people, like I mentioned, like, like Myron, AJ Gray, um, Effie, Alley Cat. If, if you got like them to each explain all of their injuries, it would be really interesting to know what each of these really active wrestlers are going through. Cause they're probably all, Dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, like, and you just don't know what it is. The other crazy thing about this all, like with wrestling and injuries is you don't necessarily look like you're injured. Like towards the end, I was still in good shape. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in physically image wise, you know, I had the look that I was always aspiring to maintain, like, you know, like some muscle six pack abs, like in shape, athletic enough to do some fancy maneuvers. Um, but I felt like an 80 year old man. So it was really yeah. weird to, you know, be able to see yourself in a promo picture and appear like you look like you're doing really well. Yeah. Feel the complete opposite. That was really a mind fuck too. Yeah. That's interesting. And yeah. And, and, and like you said, with, it's like a, it's like a chart with two lines and they're both going up and to the right. Success is going up and to the right, but also, wear and tear mentally, physically is going up into the right. So it's like part of the gig, but when it starts spilling and affecting uh, everything else, then I think that's when you put the kibosh on it. And I think that's the, what we're trying to get across here. If it's affecting you physically, mentally, short-term, long-term, and it's affecting other, you can't do other parts of your life. And it's like affecting you as a human being, then that's when you need yeah, to reality I, I like, like I, I would try to, um, drive my car and like 
I had to be lazy about seeing if someone was in my blind spot. Cause you know, things <laughs> it was just like, right. <laughs> he's going to turn your head. <laughs> if I went to pick something up in the backseat of my car, I feel like I'd risk like tearing my rotator cuff. I was just brittle, you know, and yeah. then it became a lot of smoke and mirrors at the end too, where like the, the last year or mm-hmm. two that I was actively going that hard, I don't think I picked someone up because I couldn't. Like if I would have picked someone up for like a body slam, I felt like my lower back would have gave out. Um, right, I was just right. weak, man. Just weak. So, you know, out, out of all of this, you learned how to listen to your body, to yourself, to make the right decision for you. At what point do you say, I think it's the right time for one more match? I don't know if it's the one last match, but just one more match. Like, at what point do you tell yourself it's okay to do that? And how does that yeah. decision come to be about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just like, however things, you know, I, I um, during all this time off, you know, I, like I told you guys, a lot of, mm-hmm. um, there, there's a lot there that I don't even really want to get into with like, because you know, it was, it was more than just physical too. There's just, there's just a lot going on and sure. mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes time. And, uh, I did a lot of yoga, um, and I started to feel better and then I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to the ring and do a few rolls and see how I feel. Uh, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to bump, but just roll around and jump and just see if my body starts moving. So just baby steps. And, um, got to the point where, um, I just kind of realized, I was like, I probably can never be a wrestler again. Um, you know, and this, this is where my head is at with all of this. Mm-hmm. If WWE came to me tomorrow and handed me a contract and it had a whole bunch of money on it, don't know if I could do that. You know, like, it, like not whether I want to or not want to, I don't know if I could keep up with that, mm-hmm. even yeah. if I wanted to. Um, you know, that's your dream job and it's a great living. Um, but I, I almost, yeah, I just don't even know if I could. Um, so it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, let's look long and hard at this. Even if I wanted to be a full-time wrestler and make my living as a wrestler, I don't think I could. Um, Mm -hmm. so what's the next best thing? Is it just never wrestling again? Um, I felt like I went out without any closure. Uh, it was very sudden. Um, people weren't really ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. It just kind of happened. And it would be nice for all the people who have ever supported me, all the people who have ever cheered my name at a show, bought a t-shirt, Followed me on social media, like the freaking post, you know, there we go. Um, <laughs> to give, to give them one more, uh, one more match, one more show, um, and give myself that closure to know that like, um, we're closing this book, you know, like, yeah. So there was a little bit of that. Um, I had some, I've had a lot of people reach out to me about wanting to book me. Uh, wanting to book a return match. Hey, you should come wrestle. When are you coming back to wrestling? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really, everything we've talked about tonight, this is the first time I've really like 
gotten into all of it and it's nice because we have the time to do it yeah um, it's 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 too much stuff to explain to someone in a short conversation so i would give people short answers and they would take that how they would take that you know and everyone right. would take oh so he's gonna wrestle maybe you know like oh so so he'll come back next year oh so if i give him a good match he'll take it like so bookers would you know give me offers and hey can you come do this would you would you come back for this and it was some really cool stuff and there was some stuff that i was like in my head like yeah i want to do that and then i would try to like go practice <laughs> and my body just wouldn't do it man yeah uh, so i had some really depressing nights leaving up the i was going to train at galley and I remember there was one night specifically i was just really down and i was just like man like just not gonna be able to do this so but i do know how I am and I do know what I was doing when I was fucked. I know I could always have one more match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> more. That's all I got to tell yourself in the mirror again. So just one, one match. So, yeah, you know, whatever happens happens, but I know I could do one match. I could do a match tonight. Would it be good? No, I'm not in shape. Like I don't yeah. have my cardio back. I haven't been training long enough yet. I just started getting going uh, in the ring again, but, um, you know, if me and Kylie Ray was tonight, I could walk through the curtains and do it. Um, would that be ideal? No. Would that be good for my body? No. Like, am I ready? No. Um, but I could go out with the adrenaline from the crowd and have a match. I mean, we've seen 60, 70 year old legends have matches on WWE pay-per-views. You can do a match. Yeah. Uh, probably going to get re-injured. <laughs> so I just want to, I want to do it right. I wanted to give myself the proper time to at least not come back as a shell of myself. Um, and it needed to be something special. And yeah, here, here, here's where I talk everyone into the building. So um, freelance underground came to me and asked how I was feeling. And I said, not very good, um, but I do want closure. I just don't know when. They said, name it. What do you want? Let's do it. And I said, it'd have to be something special. Um, you know, it'd have to be something that I can pour my heart and soul into. And it would have to be against someone um, that to me, it feels special. And, you know, they, they asked who that would be. And the person that came to mind was Kylie Ray. Um, that's for whatever reason, that's what came to mind. And I think a lot of it is, you know, she's had her battle, her journey. Um, I don't know what it is, you know, that's, it's not for me to pry. Um, but I know she stepped away from wrestling, just like I stepped away from wrestling. And I know Mm -hmm. she's trying to come back and get closure, just like I'm trying to come back and get closure. Um, and I know in Chicago, people care about us as performers. Um, we have earned the love and respect of this fan base. And if no one else in the world ever knows who I am, um, you know, I can, I can end this happy knowing that I left a mark here. Uh, so the people who saw me believed in it and believed in me and supported me, um, would I have liked to got into a bigger platform? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I think if I had got into that platform that I would have done the same things there that I did here? Yeah. I believe that just wasn't in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie broke through. I didn't. Uh, we started around the same time in professional wrestling, came up through the same scene. 
pretty parallel careers that never um, really intertwined much. Uh, you know, when we were starting both in the Chicago area, you know, I went to Florida. Um, she was in Chicago. I came back. She went to Texas. Um, then we both started hitting the scene. We never wrestled one-on-one. Uh, we've trained together. We've been on a lot of shows together. Um, it's just never happened. And for me, you know, people are going to think that this is just because I'm hyping up a match and I'm wrestling Kylie Ray. I've talked to multiple people about this. I don't know if with my own two eyes in person, I've ever seen a better performer um, all around. You know, there's a lot of categories. Um, mm-hmm. When she comes out, she elicits a response that is really hard to explain unless you're there. And to me, that makes someone the best wrestler. And there's people right now that would be perceived as the best wrestler on the planet. And, you know, um, in WWE, that might be Roman Reigns right now. In AEW, that might be Kenny Omega right now. In our world, in the independent professional wrestling scene, that's Kylie Ray. And if anyone wants to argue me on that, I'll, I'll hear it out. Let's hear who you got. But look me in the eyes and name a professional wrestler on the independent scene that is a better professional wrestler than Kylie Ray. I don't think you can. Maybe someone on par with her, maybe someone up there. Um, there's, there's people who are definitely like at that level and you could argue, uh, you know, wrestling subjective. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, what I've seen is she is the best. So to get to have a one-on-one match with her and prove to everyone that's there, everyone that watches it on the stream um, on IWTV that I can go at that level, if not outdo that level, if I bring it, that's what I want to bring to the table. I want to show everyone where I see myself and where everyone should see me. And I don't think there's a better person to do it against. Yeah. The, after listening to that, you have not purchased your, t- your ticket. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing right now. The 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 perfect opponent for that lasting legacy and that closure that I think you're searching for. I, I had in a I had a question on this agenda about like have you come to term terms with this decision? But I think that's still you could probably answer that question. But I don't even know if if, if like the last chapter is closed. I think probably everything will feel right after that match. It sounds like that. Then that's kind of like the cherry on top to everything to your career, basically, or at least you're hoping it it is. Yeah. I mean, as far as it goes, like, you know, I'm, I'm wrestling Kylie Ray on October 23rd. Um, That's it. You know, it's, it's closure. It's going out on my own terms. Um, it's proving something to myself too. You yeah. Know? Um, I've accepted that this fantasy or dream of being in the main event of WrestleMania or being a world champion um, for a television company, that's not going to happen. And that's okay. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I've come to terms with that. However, I, put a lot of time and effort and heart and soul into professional wrestling. And I know how good I am. And I don't think people know how good I am. 
And if I can in one night have that, you know, have that on film where I could show anyone in the world, watch this match. And if you don't think I can go with anyone in the world, then I'll never prove you wrong anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what this is. Um, I've had a few matches where I could hang my hat on, where I could show someone and be like, you know, look at, look at this one. Um, I think this holds up. Um, but this is going to be the one, you know, this is going to be, everyone always asks what's, what's the best match you ever had. And I'd always say, I haven't, haven't had it yet. Um, I think this will be the best match I've ever had. I think it will be the best match I've ever been a part of. I think it will be magic. And that's a lot of pressure to put on one match because it could flop. It might not even happen. One of us could quit wrestling or get injured before that. (laughs) You don't know, you know, so there is really no expectations. I've decided, you know, internally, I've already come to terms with whatever happens that night is how it was supposed to end. Okay. So whether that is a five-star match that everyone raves about and just the energy is phenomenal in the building and people will just talk about it forever saying you had to be there. It was the match in Chicago mm-hmm. indie wrestling, whether that happens or I go out there, I go out there and embarrass myself <laughs> in the first two minutes, shit the bed. And everyone's like, Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> that's okay too. Um, then I'll know it's, it's time to go anyway. <laughs> I don't know if there's a better duo of like, if you, t- if you were like, re- I'm not trying to, we try to share and not compare too much on this podcast, but like in terms of po- like really positive interactions and really like likable people, it is like, that's like max Max, ba- like it's like the most amount of babyface juice you're ever gonna see in a ring. It's like you is, yeah, I think you versus Kylie, like even outside the ring too. Just the interaction you have with that individual at like the merch table, it is like it. It's it, I mean it. It can't. It's gonna put a smile on all our faces. I think either way. So I think that's kind of what you're getting at. But now the one that will not have a smile on his face though is Chico. Chico asked for one more match with Monix and it might not happen. So sorry, Chico. Yeah. Or is it gonna, are you see (laughs) wrestling is hard to quit. So after you have this banger with Kylie, then it's time to face, you know, Shao Kahn at the top of the totem pole. It's time to face Chico Suave. Isn't that true? I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's really funny that you just brought up Chico because right before you said it, for some weird reason, Chico was like in my mind. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but it, it, it like tweaked me because I was, I was just thinking like, how do I do my Chico plug? Because I had to mention him at some point of this. Yes. So when it was going to come up, because he is just synonymous with my wrestling career forever. Like I don't have a choice. It's just, right. So me and Chico, like that's just it is what it is. Um, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> um, is there a way, you know, Chico has been refing lately. Is there a way we can sneak him in there and be the special, oh, guest, special referee? guest referee? Oh my God. That's perfect. And then he's part of your final match. Dude, oh my God. Dude, 
I gotta, um, I gotta talk to the booking committee over there. That's, that's that's the thing. It's this 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 is mind blowing, Chris. You're like in my brain because <laughs> this is it. Like like four hours ago today, I was I was at the gym, and for some reason, I was envisioning Chico and Stripes like, <laughs> at this match. Um, <laughs> I know it probably won't happen. I, I would if I, you know, like people got to understand. I'm not booking this show. This isn't like. Pat's farewell show where he gets to pick who's <laughs> on the show and what right. happened. Um, I don't have like full creative control or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm not overstepping any boundaries. I'm having a match on a freelance underground, um, you know, freelance wrestling branded show. Um, so the, the powers that be are the powers that be. We'll overstep those boundaries for awesome. you. <laughs> Would it be awesome if Chico was the guest referee for here? Prop I'm gonna Sonic take out Andy uh, Two Juice for a couple of drinks, and we're gonna make this happen. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take Two Juice out the Applebee's, get him real nice and real nice and toasty, and then we're gonna drop that bomb on him. Well, if we want to take matters into our own hands, match starts. Everyone's ready for like me and Kylie to wrestle. I just glommed the fuck out of two juice. And he's not out. Now you guys need a new ref. Chico! Chico! <laughs> Outruns Chico. Match begins. Now, now who's got the right. edge? Everyone <laughs> thinks Kylie Ray is the best wrestler in Chicago. But when you're wrestling me with Chico as the ref, good fucking luck. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine Chico helping you like with the whole things like counting really slow for Kylie Dude. and <laughs> foolproof. That's Kylie the has the there. has the pin the, the the match one and Chico does the the double bird like Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man, yeah, uh, so many possibilities. Someone, yeah, we gotta. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got to make some phone calls, Charlie. After this, we're gonna uh, we gotta slide in slide in those DMs, right? Well, we'll we'll do our fair share to to make this dream match a possibility because it's our dream also. Uh, <laughs> um, but you mentioned you know dream matches, and you know before we kind of like you know get this episode to a close, I want to talk a little bit about some of the highlights that you had in your career, like you had, like when I think of special moments uh, with, you know, project Monix is DJC versus Pat Monix at a freelance underground show. That was the DJC farewell show. And what a better way to do it in a match against you, which I think when I think of DJC, I think of you, when I think of you, I think of DJZ. Right. So, um, you know, to me, that was a very special moment. Um, can you talk about, you know, two, three highlights that, that kind of like meant something for you? Didn't have to be a super spectacle, step spectacle of a show, but just that meant something for you throughout your career. Yeah. Um, definitely getting to be DJ Z's farewell match, uh, final independent singles match was huge. You know, that guy, he's my mentor, you know, he's, one of the best friends I've ever made in my life. Um, you know, as far as you had no reason to have to ever help me. Um, so getting to meet someone like that, who not only was the wrestler he is, but the person he is, um, and then getting to be 
his last match on the Indies was, you know, something I'll never forget. Um, I'll also never forget the first time I wrestled him at Warrior Wrestling. Um, so I got the best of both worlds because was it was that the match. first match at Warrior Wrestling? It was the first ever. Oh, it was um, it was the opener for the show that Rey Mysterio was on. Oh, right. okay. Um, mm-hmm. The, the first, I was a part of the first match ever for Warrior. That was myself and Matt Nix versus Robbie E. Robert Strauss and um, Stevie Fierce. Mm, okay. The first oh, ever wow. Match. Nice. And, um, yeah. And uh, so yeah, myself and Matt Nix versus them. And yeah, so the, the wrestling, the match for Warrior Wrestling where I wrestled DJZ on the show with Ray Mysterio. I'll never forget that one because there was a, I don't know if he realized it, but I had a lot of pressure and I was really nervous. And, you know, he, he, he taught me a lesson in the sense that he didn't give me any special treatment. Like he didn't let me come up with spots the week prior or plan out this long match or, you know, like he didn't go easy on me for him. He just treated it like another booking. And he didn't talk to me about the match right before we went out there, you know. Um, and for me, it was a it was a packed house with all stars. You know that show. God, if we looked back at that that card, I mean, Rey Mysterio was on it. You know, there you go. But like, the top to bottom, I stuck out like a sore thumb on that show. <laughs> I I was still just Pat Maddox too. Like I I just black trunks white barcode t-shirt i was just starting to like figure that stuff out but yeah i came out from beautiful t-shirt by the way i remember that yeah (laughs) you made it (laughs) (laughs) that that shirt sold 700 percent more than any shirt i've ever made boxes of that shirt because because it doesn't look like a wrestling shirt just a cool (laughs) trendy looking shirt nice but yeah that that match like remember coming out to the ring luckily i got a decent reaction because i'm from chicago um but i remember being in the ring and feeling kind of like a jobber because i was in what i was in and then djz came out and his custom music with his light up stuff i was like oh okay i'm i'm this and there's a professional wrestler um and and that changed wrestling forever for me and going back to jimmy jacobs um he talked to me that night same thing and he told me straight up yeah, you had a great match, but you're a fucking jobber. And when people can shoot straight like that on you in wrestling, really appreciate it. Because yeah. everyone tells you, you're killing it, dude. Your matches are bangers. You're, 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 you're everywhere, dude. You're going to get signed in no time. Everyone says that stuff to you. Oh, your match was awesome. And you could go, Oh, did you like the, the DDT I did? And they're like, Yeah, it looked great. I didn't do a DDT in that match. You didn't watch the match. Yeah. It's a lot of fake compliments. Um, so for someone like Jimmy Jacobs, when I came to the back to be like, You did great, you had a great match, you're a great wrestler, but you're a jobber. I was like mind blown, you know. But I knew what he was saying because I felt it when I was in the ring and saw Z come out and I saw the crowd react to him. Um, they loved the match, but they weren't gonna really remember me. Um, and then you know, we were talking, Z was talking to me, Jimmy was talking to me throughout that night, pointing at people on the show. Darby Allen was on the show. You see Darby Allen on a poster, you go, who's that? You see DJ Z on a poster, you go, who's that? You see Zombie Princess, Jimmy Jacobs on a poster, you go, who's that? 
Um, and the list goes on for all those people. We see Rey Mysterio, like, of course, right? But there's a larger than life aspect to it that a lot of people, um, you know, don't have. And, and, and if you don't go that route, that's fine too. There's a lot of people who um, have reality-based uh, personas that are very beloved, but you have to be really, really good at wrestling. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Um, and I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Ricochet. I never will be. I'll never be Daniel Bryan. Um, and I, you have to understand what you're good at and um, what your strengths are and, and, and try to um, do the best you can to enhance those weaknesses. Uh, but that, that match because of that is why it speaks out to me that warrior wrestling match with DJZ. Um, Cause I just, that was the turning point for me. Um, yeah. So we got those two DJZ matches. Um, and you know, there's, there's other ones, but my first match was my, my, uh, well, it was technically my second match. Um, I wrestled Prince Iakea, my first match and my second match, uh, former WCW TV and cruiserweight champion. So like, I was pretty starstruck for someone who was just breaking in. And, um, I also just sucked. I was really bad at wrestling <laughs> and man, he just, he shot on me a little in the ring and like, and, 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 um, I was just trying to get through it and came to the back and just fucking buried me. And then like, no one had my back, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, in hindsight, fuck him. Uh, uh, like, dude, I, knowing what I know now, like that's just not how you should be. Yeah. One, uh, two, the thing that he was pissed about, like it, it was his fault. You know, I was specifically, uh, we are starting to listen to a shoot interview. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to give him a backdrop and, you know, I don't know if he was getting older or he, or I just suck or he, um, I'm, I'm really weak or, or he lost his footing, but something happened where like he didn't get over on the backdrop and almost like spiked himself and blamed uh. on me. And maybe it was me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But in that, in that situation, when your match, second match ever, um, Pat Monix versus what he was, you're wrong. You know, like I was wrong, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I got reamed out for like an hour in the locker room. Cause right after it, he went right back to the same spot, called for another backdrop and the exact same thing happened. And I had given backdrops a million times in practice to that point, And I always did it correctly. And I did to him exactly what I've always done. And I did to him exactly what I still do today when I deliver a backdrop. So mentally thinking back to it, it's kind of odd to perceive it as a uh, mistake because I don't really feel that way about it. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, right? So that I'll never forget that match because it was very humbling. It was, I had my first match with him and it went really well. And it was like, I'm a wrestler. I did it. I'm living my dream. It <laughs> was a nightmare. Like I couldn't go to sleep that night after that. I remember being so heartbroken and so feeling like such a failure and knowing like I had to go get back on the horse. Um, but yeah, I wanted to quit. You know, I just wanted to, I'm good. I'm done on this. Like, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt that night. And, um, yeah, it was, it was the worst. So to give you an example of some of the best moments and some of the worst moments. Yeah, no, that's great. You gotta have it all. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. And, no, I, I hope you remember those too. Obviously, I'm sure you will. But like the times on the road, I think I've heard are 
like really fun times and like people have some like crazy conversations and conversations that stick with you it sounds like jimmy jacob has dropped two knowledge bombs on you how who knows how many he's done to people i I feel like that's kind of his mo but it's cool Uh, i hope you i I think you will and i hope you yeah continue just appreciate that as all those like memories kind of flood in yeah you know over the summer yeah he uh he breaks my brain you know like Mm -hmm. i say stuff i'm just like whoa yeah okay that makes complete sense how has no one ever said that yeah so he's you know he's a wrestling genius yeah no yeah that's his that's his persona um anything you want to say to that you haven't already said to the fans whatever (laughs) (laughs) if i've ever asked you to buy a ticket this is it um yeah if you go to this show, if you go see the final phase, if you go see Project Monix versus Kylie Ray, you will get every penny's worth. You will remember this match. You will remember this night. You will talk, talk about it. You know, if you care about wrestling, you will talk about it. Um, if you don't care about wrestling, you will talk about it. Um, you know, there's going to be people there who are hardcore pro wrestling fans, and there's going to be your casual Chicago area beer drinkers were just out that night. Um, but that place is going to be filled to the brim, shoulder to shoulder. It's going to be standing room only. So if you don't buy a ticket when it comes out, you might not be able to get a ticket. Um, with the with the demand that's already out for it, um, even my, my comps are limited to immediate family. So it's not like this is, this is going to go. Um, people are ready to see this. Buy your ticket the day it comes out. Um, and there's going to be more to come before this match happens. Um, and I'll start it right now. Isn't Kylie still the freelance champion? I believe so. We don't know. I mean, technically, right? Is she back also? Like, we don't know. Freelance right? did announce some dates. Uh, I think that I think they at the Avondale Music Hall, which is my hood. I need to figure out where that is. <laughs> I do. I do live in Avondale, but yeah, I mean, you would if you were to take down Kylie in this sport, then yeah, you would have beaten the freelance champion. Thus, you could call yourself one, and that's a pretty big, pretty cool thing. Yeah, I don't think that's good enough, though. I feel like maybe, maybe Kylie Ray, maybe you should put the championship on the line. Okay. Okay. And then, so if you win then, and this being your last, you're anointed, everyone celebrates, and you have that moment as freelance champion. And then it can, we can figure out who it goes to next or have some kind of tournament. And Chico comes in with the freelance uh, underground check, cashes in for a rematch or for a match. (laughs) Possibilities are endless. Just make sure you're there. Don't miss out. And, and I'll say it right now, Charlie, and, you know, you can tell me otherwise afterwards, but if we're allowed to, um, you know, we'll purchase two tickets and we'll figure out a way to raffle them off to our, our listener base. So, cause yeah. I think this is a show that, you know, anybody that listens to, to, to heels in a face or stumbles across this and hears about this match, it's, it's kind of like the, it, it's destined to be, you know, one of the big matches here in the Chicagoland area, if nothing else, if not just in pro wrestling for 2021, independent wrestling or whatnot. But for us Chicago fans, this is extremely important. It's extremely exciting. 
And, you know, I don't see why we couldn't give, you know, two tickets away for, for somebody to go see this show. Uh, yeah, I'm down. Pat, you, you have something that it looked like you were going to say something. No, you just, you, you go to the show, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see the most focused on point, nothing to lose version of me you have ever seen. Okay. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be going out on my shield. So yeah. Freelance wrestling, freelance underground, Kylie Ray balls in your court. I'm just floating the idea out. I haven't talked to anyone about this. Okay. And if that pissed someone off, so be it. Cause I'm leaving anyways. <laughs> yeah. You, you're talking to a man with nothing to lose. So yeah. Why don't we just clip this? We'll send it to who we need to put it out in the ecosphere. And, uh, and yeah, then we've done all, all that we can. And obviously we'll do some pandering in the DMS. Let us do that for you and ruffle, ruffle some feathers and, I got some numbers, but uh, but yeah, I I think it's a brilliant idea, Pat. Yeah, she's always been a fighting champ. Damn, he's stoking the fire. The fire is being stoked, and yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Why not make it the biggest we can make it? So, um, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I I really think that we'll see the most unreserved, untethered version of Project Monix. The project will be complete, right? You can hand that sucker in to the teacher. <laughs> this is the final phase. This is it. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, Pat, for you know just giving us your time and sharing your your journey on 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 the culmination of the, of this match and how everything happened, how everything went down. And you know, you didn't have to, but you gave us fans, uh, you know some background story into what went down in your head and in all the events that, that led you to this point and are bringing us back together uh, for this final phase. So um, where can, you know, are, are you still promoting your social handles? Where can people find you online? I mean, I'm sure you're going to put out ticket links and such. So let us know. Yeah. Um, Instagram and Twitter. It's on at project Monix real easy. Um, so we're, we're going full go. You know, I'm telling you the, the day this is released buy your tickets. Um, it's going to be tight. You know, this venue is going to be cramped. It's going to be, it's going to be the way you, you wish wrestling would always be. Um, you know, when they say when it's good, it's good. It's going to be fucking great. I love all it. we can do is take your hand. We're all going to make it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm re- if you're watching the YouTube version, I reached for it. So. <laughs> I tried it. Uh, okay, one last thing, I gotta, um, I gotta just say, two heels in a face. Um, I specifically remember being at a freelance wrestling show when you guys went into the ring and cut a promo about how yeah, you're doing oh my. something with. I think there was a championship involved, and I remember thinking to myself, "What is that?" And all this time later knowing what you guys have turned this into, I would have never seen it coming. You know, I, I just, I had no idea what it was. I was like, who are these guys? And the way you guys have touched the professional wrestling scene in Chicago, um, you guys have left your mark. You guys have made things so much better. You've given wrestlers a platform to tell their stories, get their characters out. Um, any wrestler that doesn't take you guys up on a podcast is missing an opportunity. Uh, Cause people listen to this, people enjoy this. You guys are doing great work and you always 
give nothing but respect to the art and the trade of what we do, the seriousness of it. Um, you know, a lot of times when I do stuff like this, um, it doesn't feel the way this feels. This feels very real and organic, authentic. And I appreciate you guys because um, you guys have fun, but you take it serious and you're professional. So thanks for always having me on. And this is the last one. So thank well, you. Thank you. That, that, uh, that, those that was really are, nice. Yeah. You, you didn't have to. And, uh, and I do appreciate that. Um, just so you know, if at any point, point you want to get rid of your mask, know that I have a collection here and I'll be willing to negotiate mm. some prices. I think I've spoken about that before, but I'll just leave that for you to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. um, but all right, man, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to this, this final phase. Um, again, thank you for being on. Uh, for the listeners, um, you can follow us on social media, Two Heels and a Face, number two, Heels and a Face, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, Podcast-wise, you can find us on pretty much all platforms. Like Charlie doesn't need to run through all of those every single time. I think we're we're pretty pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you want to see this interview or not an interview, but just this chat with Pat Monix, catching up with Pat. Um, and if you're listening to this uh, via podcast medium, Charlie is now uploading these to YouTube. Where you can, you know, see all of our monikers and and the great backgrounds that Charlie has, as he likes to cheer with his beer that we could never see. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, other than that, I I don't know. I mean, you just got a hashtag Viva La Chico Bandolero. Oh, nice! That's a nice shirt. Yeah, you get to is see it, everyone's T-shirts on YouTube. So. Yeah. That's what, so, so this uh, is an uh, is this an early Bandolero like with a mask? Yeah, this is my final plug. Um, Bandolero, one of the best wrestlers that no one like you know knows about. Like holy fuck, <laughs> you ever see? I mean, he's gone you know, viral a few times. It's like seeing Hulk Hogan in his prime in WWF, you know, like <laughs> in the Garden. Uh, yeah, you got one time in your life, guys. You got to buy a ticket to Galley and see the way that crowd reacts to Bandolero, a really star. Chris has gone. Yeah, I, I haven't. I just I, I like to keep my Sunday sacred, but I do. owe <laughs> I do. owe a trip to galley with Chris, um, especially during football season. I can't leave the couch on Sunday. I apologize to Carlos. Um, but yeah, Bandoleros is a huge best kept secret. And uh, yeah. And to, to your words, I think there's a lot of people we still need to have on this podcast. So we'll try to have those on, those people on. Uh, we have a running list. And uh, Chris, did you have something to say? No, no, no. I think you're you're right on. I mean, you you have that that running list, and you you know, for you guys that don't know or do know, you know, Charlie is the booker. He takes care of everything, all the scheduling. Um, I just now show up, drink beer, and and and, and say a few words here and there. But um, yeah, man. I mean, I again to close it off. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, uh-huh. Charlie, for keeping the podcast alive while I was gone, and. You know, make sure you hashtag Viva La Chico. Hashtag Viva La Chico and the hashtag final phase, right? Those are the two hashtags we wanna we want right. promote when sharing this. Oh um I don't know if you guys saw Chico posted something on Facebook yesterday and I believe it said I ate milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> well people call them cheeks, right? That people call them cheeks. 
yesterday and i believe well, more respect <laughs> to the crave case champion yeah i might be wrong but i think it said i ate milkshake <laughs> and i was like oh Oh, okay. And I continued on with my day. <laughs> Maybe he got that free from White Castle because, yeah, he is the White Castle, what you crave champion. So, uh, yeah, support him, support Pat. And, uh, yeah, support Freelance Underground. There's going to be a build to this match. So uh, follow along with the story. But until then, I think we'll catch everyone later. Thanks. Wow. Wow. Wow.